Hi everyone, you're listening to Grown Up. I'm Laura Blair. And I'm Abby Blairs. And we're on a quest to navigate 21st century adulthood with our extraordinarily ordinary guests. The lovely Laura here is a fashion and beauty influencer with a staggering online presence who has worked with brands such as Marc Jacobs, Dior, Vogue, and our favourite, Marks and Spencers. Abby is a British actress and an award-winning matchmaker and a full-time cat lady. Join us each week as we navigate 21st century adulthood. Our guest today is the UK's leading dating expert, Hayley Quinn. Hayley is Match.com's dating coach and her TED Talk has more than 1 million views. Hayley's YouTube channel has 14 million views and over 100,000 subscribers and her opinions have been published in The Times, Grazia, Elle, The Observer, Cosmopolitan, The Independent and The Guardian. She's also appeared on BBC World News, BBC Radio London and BBC Radio 4. So quite a huge lineup there. Yeah, she's doing fantastically well. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> And she hopefully is going to give us some tips on how to chat people up in person instead of just like matching with someone on a dating app or casually, you know, like sliding into someone's sliding DMs. Sliding into someone's DMs. Anyone else just get a random emoji from a guy? It's like, that is not love. <laughs> We're probably also going to get into a long-winded, highly confusing discussion about, about my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> why did you say that for? Bloody hell. Yeah, we'll we're be, probably going to we'll talk about that. <laughs> I loved that when you started reading that. I was like, she's clearly never read this. <laughs> Fell into a trap right there. <laughs> okay, should we bring her in? Yeah, let's bring her in. Hi, Hayley. Thank you for coming on today. Thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. Now, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Um, so I run the UK's biggest dating coaching company where we teach men and women how to meet one another in real life. And I'm also the UK ambassador for Match as well. So I do online dating, offline dating, all things dating. Amazing. So how did you get into that? By complete accident. I think everyone might be happy to hear that I didn't wasn't there like at 13 as a dorky teenager thinking, oh, you know, <laughs> I'm going to be a dating coach one day. Um, I actually just started off writing, being a ghostwriter within the dating industry 10 years ago. Um, and I actually stumbled upon something called the pickup artist industry, yeah. which are men who teach other men to pick up women. I, yeah. Yeah. I've read a book, The, the game. game. I've yeah. read The Game too. I think I bought it when we lived together. I probably you? was like, this book, read Pe- it. Peacocking is an actual thing. It is an actual <laughs> thing. And the irony is, right, after years of just working with men teaching them how to do that, I was like, okay, splintered off, started up my own business. And I was like, we need to level the playing field a bit Teach here. women how to yeah. avoid it. Yeah. I and was so, like, that's why I read it. I was like, I need to counteract this. Exactly, exactly. And what was really cool is just like this past weekend, I've been running my event Going Renegade, where it's like a dating boot camp for women, which just did not exist in the same form, at least when I started out to my knowledge. And now I've got women asking me about, oh, should I wear this top for peacocking purposes? <laughs> so they've sort of, yeah, they've reappropriated the pickup industry. Yes. Yes. It is a good conversation starter, though, if some, like if you're wearing something unusual, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So I guess it does work. I think it works, especially for women, I'm going to say, because I think men, are, especially in the UK, oh my gosh, they ever struggle to say hello to a woman yeah. or that they find her attractive. Because I think in a post-Me Too era, there's a lot of confusion yeah, over about yeah. what is and isn't appropriate. So a top tip, ladies, if he says, oh, I really like your hat, he means you're really cute. <laughs> I'm wearing a hat today. Yeah, so I just said <laughs> But why do they just think I like your hat? Like, do you know what annoys me, though? Every time I wear that hat, someone takes it off. 
What? Like a, like a boy oh, will like take it off. Perhaps that. It's, it reminds me of primary school. Yeah. So today, usually, Definitely fancy usually you. I have really bad <laughs> hat hair. So in case someone took it off today, I've done a nice braid. Oh, it's lovely. So Bit of Game of Thrones if, there. If they take it off, I can be like, ha <laughs> <laughs> Would you work with women more than men then? I work with exactly 50-50 at the moment. So okay. I think that's really cool because a weird anomaly about the dating coach world is that most people work with either men or women, not both at the same time. So it's usually like boyfriendy type man yeah. teaches women or sexy babe teaches men. Yeah. Uh, and I would just actually think it's much cooler to be like, I'm like Switzerland of dating and I get to hear it from both sides of the yeah, spectrum. Yeah. I guess you hear, you get more information that way. Totally. This is why I love watching uh, reality TV shows for that very reason. Totally. And I also, you know, not as much as I would like at the moment. We also work with basically not straight people. So work with people who might be, have a different sexual orientation. Yeah. So for me, it's all about okay, these are actually really valuable social skills which are worth learning, particularly in, tw- in you know, our modern age or in 2019, yeah. where we do have a more app-based society. People feel a lot of disconnection and mm-hmm. actually taking it away from it being sort of like a pickup party, oh, I'm going to pick up a woman, like what does that even make yeah. sense? Teaching actually there's a really respectful and ethical and modern way that we can develop our social skills and that shouldn't just be something that's reserved for the boys. In fact, I think it's suitable for everyone. Mm. I think as a, a generation, we've all got a little bit lazy when it comes to dating. And I don't think people ask other people out in the same way we do anymore. It's just they slide into your DMs. Mm-hmm. If they meet you in real life, they would never <laughs> dare <ignore> <laughs> to like say it, but then they'll just slide straight in with like just an emoji. Right, the ultra the ultra low investment style of dating. Well, what's interesting mm. is I can say from a stats perspective, aren't well, millennials and then particularly actually Xennials, Gen Zers are dating noticeably differently to Wait, former generations. Is Gen Z the generation be- below us? us. Yeah. <laughs> the really young are we people. Generation We're millennials. Okay. Millennials. millennials. I think I think millennials, I think, I could be wrong here. I think they're about nineteen eighty to nineteen ninety six. The leading in the tech generation, right? We're pushing it forward. Yeah, exactly. But we're also meant to be the snowflake generation. Anyway, that's uh, us. Yeah. <laughs> um, but scarily, you know, those people that are born after nineteen ninety six, if we're doing my math, they're actually, you know, they're the ones that are at university now doing that kind of stuff anyway the point is how they're using particularly dating apps and online dating has changed a lot if we look at an older generation like baby boomers who are born after the war to 1960 or gen x's that are kind of the in-between us and the baby boomers when they go on dating apps they get you get less matches but then they actually go on to send messages to and set up dates with way more people yeah Um, Yeah, and then as we go through the generations there's a higher volume of matches but there's no follow-up message and i think that like goes through into instagram and stuff because we're all doing stuff so so fast and the better like the younger the generation is the quicker they are at technology and they're not really investing in it they're just doing stuff really fast completely and you know instagram i think was listed as one of like the top 10 dating apps (laughs) and then we've got facebook that started up facebook dating so we're now in this weird era where there's been this blend of social media and dating apps becoming one my ex-boyfriend slid into my dms and that's why i never respond to any dm by a guy ever again (laughs) because that did not end well for me (laughs) so you know when you're saying like you work with men and women are there approaches that is it the same sort of principle 
or do you women have to approach differently to men? Uh, okay, I'm gonna say my coaching definitely comes from a shared ethos, which is like, you know what? Let's stop complaining about modern dating culture. It's not really getting us anywhere. Yeah. Let's take some personal responsibility. Let's have a positive attitude, open mind, be proactive. So it's like shared value system. Um, and I do think about it more in terms of like approacher and approachy. So for instance, if someone isn't necessarily straight man or woman, they might not really identify with breaking it down in that way. Mm -hmm. They might just think, oh, I prefer to be approached or I prefer to be the approacher. Um, If you are in the approacher role or the one that would be traditionally like the straight guy role, um, we teach something that is a little bit more direct. And actually with the women's training, a lot of it revolves around my promise to them usually when they're absolutely petrified of like learning to make the first move. I'm like, ladies, if we're doing this well, he's going to think he's done it. Yeah. So we just create the environment <laughs> and kind of train lure, them, lure train him into introducing it. you. Yeah, train, train them like dogs. I like it. <laughs> Don't think it's just quite saying that. <laughs> well, a little bit. I would say that the bit about dating that I think is a little bit, um, uh, a bit, a little bit like training is one of my favourite slogans from the pickup artist world, which I think deserves to be brought back from the dead. Is don't reward bad behaviour. Mm. So if someone is you know, messaging you really late at night, crap date suggestions that are super lazy. You know, they were really full on for three weeks and they suddenly got dropped off the radar and their effort levels gone way down. If any of us, maybe this is resonating because I'm getting some laughs. laugh. If any of that is happening, it's actually really good to just think, because a lot of the time if someone's come on very strong and then they seem to be sort of disappearing off the radar, obviously your natural instinct is you want to go back to that space of feeling that connection and that attraction from them. Um, so often we can start to chase we can start to actually give more when someone's giving us less so I think whether you're a man or a woman that's a really good thing to respond to and especially for any guys that happen to be listening oh my gosh I think if anything men you know what if she's not responding to the third message don't just keep saying hey every two months from now until the end of time to me on instagram yeah i know i don't know him he just messages saying hey and i always ignore it because i'm in a relationship and i don't know is it in the past that men ask women out is it okay for women to ask men out i think well i'm i think it's perfectly okay for everyone to do anything but i do think there's different ways that you can go about it and i'm really conscious with saying this because I would like to think, consider myself a very modern woman. You know, I run my own business. I've got very liberal values. Mm-hmm. However, I also want to walk that line where I want to give advice to people that works today in reality. Yeah. Um, and I did a lot of firsthand experimentation when I was developing this like woman's style of like how to be more proactive in meeting guys. I literally, coming from the pickup artist world, I tried everything. I tried walking up to guys and being like, hey baby, and it did not go well. Um, so I do find you actually tried that. I knew it. It's on YouTube. I've done it, hey, um, and then um, I feel like I want to try that. I mean, it was quite fun. If you see it as a laugh, it was fine. But for actual effectiveness, not so much. So things that we do, first of all, the first thing I work with women on is just their body language because there's a lot that you can do with that that's usually underutilized, and you would be surprised the amount of women that I work with that don't like to have that feeling of receiving attention, even if it's positive attention, like they don't like people to look at them. They prefer if they're in a, they then to a bar, they'd rather if their friend's not there, they feel a bit self-conscious. Yeah. So doing things. No. Yeah, so some women <laughs> do, but a lot of women don't. So it's th- teaching things like, okay, how can I be more visible? So we do a bit around styling. We also do look, do look around body language, standing close to the guy, making eye contact. Then from that space, we usually try to create opportunities for the man to come towards us because I'm working off the basis that 
many men would love to approach more women, but they often feel like they don't know what the line is between being just friendly but also wanting to show their intentions, but then not wanting to be a creep. Yeah. Um, and so they often end up doing absolutely nothing. So it's about actually creating a more approachable vibe mm. and being open. And then the guys will start to come forwards from there. I have a chick in a club. If I like someone, yeah. it's very rare that I see someone think, oh, you're hot. But if it happens, give them the eye. If they don't get it the first time, give them it again. Until, until you've done it like 20 until times. Until he like really knows and you're like... Yeah, but mm-hmm. you know what? That is... You're unique in a way because this, it's unusual that you have the balls to do that, that you can do but that. It's not- I would be... I'm not single, but... When I was single, I would never, unless I was wasted, I would never <laughs> be able to go into a bar and just be like, would you uh, not like, look, look at would someone. You not, no, just no. Yeah, but it's no. just a look. It's just a look, but it says so much. And it's like, if you fail, it's like the worst thing ever. And it's just like, you, if you're a bit shy, because I think that I am quite shy. Like, mm-hmm. even though you think, oh, she's not shy, if you met me. When it comes to that situation, I just am. Like, and if I don't fancy someone, I'm really good at flirting with them. And if I do fancy someone, I'm like, oh. Like want to run I think, away. <laughs> I think an interesting thing is women, or what comes up for women a lot of the time is, I know this sounds bold, but through making eye contact, um, they feel shame. Like really? I shouldn't be, you know, because, you know, being the center of attention or dare I say an attention seeker mm. is looked on very, very negatively. Yeah. And they also sometimes worry like, oh, but what if he comes over and then what if I don't like him? Do I then owe something to him? Yeah. Is this going to be hard to say no or put my boundaries there? So they usually bring actually quite a lot of issues around engaging that attention i agree with you like if you're if you like someone you think you're being super obvious honest to god most of the guys out there are not <laughs> they are not casanova this is They're what i've no learned good with men they need to really have it like. yeah because they'll think oh she's looking at the fire exit she's looking for her friend she must think i look weird so they've got their own whole list of anxieties and insecurities that they have to get over the line with in order to go over and say say something to you so sometimes you might be like oh my God, I'm blatantly walking past for the third time. But they're like, they're actually just building up that courage yeah. to make that first move. And there's other things as well. Like whenever we go on like girls' nights out, we look so unfriendly yeah, to intimidating. guys. Intimidating, big time. Like <laughs> guys also, the lens that they've been taught to look at through dating at, I find as a coach, so, so much I would call it the performance mindset. So they will literally rationalize and say stuff like, I'm not very good at approaching one woman yet, Haley, so I definitely can't approach three. So they kind of (laughs) quantify it that way. So doing like little things like turning up 20 minutes early to a bar or a party or a club before your friends. So you've got a bit of time where you're less occupied, putting your phone away, being more present, making eye contact. I also do things like leaving props around the room. Obviously nothing that you're going to be too (laughs) upset about losing. But if there's a group of guys, you can just kind of look around what past them and say, I'm just going to leave my scarf there and put it down. And then actually when you go to the, say you go to the bar, go hang out with your friends. When you go and recollect it, they'll have had about three or four minutes of thinking time about Mm. what to say to you. So a lot of it is appreciating that loads of guys would love to talk to more women but they just don't, they worry that they're basically, their chat isn't very good. They worry that they don't have permission and they don't want to be creepy. So yeah. I think in that, in this, and a lot of those considerations and men who are considerate, I think we should be championing. And so because of that, I feel that women need to like step into the gap a bit more. Make and it learn easy to, for the men. Yeah. And also choose them. You know, if you don't want to be approached by every guy out there, it's a two way um, skill set of both learning how to say no in a way that's like, 
you know, emphatic when you need to, yeah. which doesn't hurt their feelings, which How is clear. How do you do that? I can't do that. I listened to a guy go on and on and on for an hour the other day oh. just because I didn't have the heart to tell him to go away. I was in a cafe just oh, on my laptop God. trying to work. You're trapped. He asked for my number and I was like, do you want to follow me on Instagram? Just because oh. I was like, ah! one extra follower. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's difficult because I think that obviously... <laughs> We come from a space of we don't want to hurt someone's feelings and it's a bit presumptuous sometimes. But often that very modern dating thing of just like, let's just let this die a slow death, you know, go for the fade out, um, really upsets a lot of people because whilst you might have been seeing it as, oh, it's just somebody I went on, you know, hung out with a couple of times, no big deal. Mm -hmm. We don't really know what their reality is. And Mm -hmm. I find generally from speaking to guys, they prefer clarity and feedback. In fact, a really funny thing happened to me um, a couple of weeks ago, which I revel in on the odd occasions that does happen. I got approached on the street by a guy. He did the full like um, pickup artist, run up, stop, chat me up thing. And I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm going to launch. I'm going to have to confess in a second what I do. And this is going to get him big time so he went up said oh you know you look very nice got this mediterranean look about you and i'm thinking i look really english (laughs) you know i did 23 of me recently i am in fact entirely english anyway besides the point um and i said look i'm just gonna have to tell you two things really quickly first of all i'm not single secondly i actually work as a dating coach within the industry so respect what you're doing Really appreciate the compliment, but I'm going to have to leave it there. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. I said that, and you know what? I thought he took it so well. Obviously, not all. Some guys stand there, and even the fact I've told them I'm a not single and b a dating coach, they're still there trying to tell me that I look French. You know, five minutes later, <laughs> um, and then uh, this guy, he was like, he just stopped for a minute. And he went, uh, "Can I get some feedback? How was my approach then?" <laughs> and I was like, kind of legend, you know, because he would had the humility to yeah. go and ask and also i find generally men like feedback they don't mind what they don't like is they don't like being what they can perceive to be which i don't think is where women are coming from most of the time mm. strung along yeah. or when they feel there's a lack of clarity so i think there's nothing wrong by set if you you know gone on a day or a couple of dates he's texting you he's clearly asking you about your schedule next week or to get mm-hmm. a dinner and you're like no um it's fine for you to say look I'm sure you might be feeling the same way, but I didn't feel that connection. I wanted to be up front with you. Didn't yeah. feel that connection. But, you know, have a great weekend. Yeah. See you later. So That's a, it. A couple of my followers I put on my Instagram story today. Yeah. One of the main things that people were asking was um, how to create more opportunities to meet new people. Ooh, okay. I'm going to go contra- curveball this and say, I think you can meet people in real life. And I'm so into teaching that. And also... We teach not about just going to bars and clubs, but also coffee shops, yeah. whole, I'm like the scourge of whole foods. <laughs> um, so you want to think, start off by thinking, okay, what kind of person do I want to connect with? You know, where are they hanging out? Where do they spend their time? If you live in a city like London, there's obviously particular areas that will draw a particular kind of person. This is so key. I, I went out last week, very rare occasion, don't go out anymore. And I came home at nine o'clock. Well <laughs> I was done. there for an hour. <laughs> and then when I was in bed at like 10. And I was like... It, these people are not just, just not my vibe. And I was like, there could be a room full of hot men. I was just like, they're not my vibe people. So like, that is so key to go to a place, which is your sense of like, me, I don't know, am I making yeah, sense? Yeah, definitely. And I think also, by the way, don't worry, I'm pretty sure I'm older than you and I did a 10 a.m. last week as well. It's fine. Mo- movie in bed by 10 a.m. is the best night ever. Yeah. Um, I think basically 
when we meet someone, sometimes I think this could be true for apps, and particularly sometimes when we meet someone like a night out, that that interaction doesn't necessarily stand out as much as if you happen to be chatting next to someone in a cute kind of artisan coffee shop, or you just ch- spoke to someone before you went into a yoga class together. Mm. I actually met my current partner at the gym. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, know I think the gyms are a really good place yeah. to find each other because also you see people in their natural state and you see people regularly so you get that repeat connection don't you yeah familiarity and then you can yeah it's easy i always feel like if i pick up a man in the gym he must like really like me because that is like the worst date yeah (laughs) (laughs) sweaty red so when you met your partner did 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 he approach you well did you learn uh, well no i i think i'm gonna i'm gonna confess i think i did a bit of a lure in that yeah. i did notice him checking me out on the squat rack and i was like <laughs> okay do you like that booty but, yeah. uh, <laughs> i wasn't um that's, you know, a, that's a place where i would never be able to pick up a guy my tiny ass would never ever <laughs> be able to do that no i was i'm dropping it like it's hot on the squat rack and then i just noticed him giving me the look and i was like okay i'm just gonna provide an opportunity here so i kind of just lingered around and took my time backing away my gym kit Mm. walked out really slowly and he caught up with me and I just remember saying something like I like for a good thing I think my favorite thing to teach women is try and put across an act of service or or create a sense of something you would need or something you would like to happen so (laughs) I said oh you know what and you don't say it like can you get me you say like something a little bit more indirect and flirtatious like oh you know I've got a real craving for um some like fresh fruit or something yeah and he went he didn't say it like that but he went there's a fresh fruit shop just down the road and he walked me to the fruit shop picked me out some nice fruit paid for it and gave me this little brown paper bag of nectarines and I was like oh I like him um so but it was part of it so I think that shows the duet the dance in that it wasn't just him hitting on me we both noticed one another there was reciprocal eye contact I slowed down he sped up you know (laughs) I created the opportunity saying that I quite like some fresh fruit he took the lead was that that. like your first interaction yeah so you didn't even know his name and you you said I want some fresh fruit yeah I was just chatting I want fresh fruit now I did a bit of contextualize it a bit I think a lot of women would be scared to do that yeah Yeah. I think I don't don't, I'm quite confident and I don't think I could do that but you teach people like you you help people to like practice this right totally yeah it's like a skill that you can it is and and it could be something like oh you know um this is a bit this is a bit anti-feminist but you can say oh you know, you know what i've got a confession to make like i'm if you ask how your night is you say hey, i've got a confession to make my shoes are really hurting yeah. you can say something like that it's, it's kind of yeah, i've got a confession make, to make you look real like, it's flirty but also it creates he can then he can look around for somewhere for you to go sit down or he give up his seat so it's mm. also coming from the space of looking out for people that are very i like to look out for people that are very considerate or very mm. attentive or yeah. very switched on and it's also coming from the space of it, you don't need any one interaction to turn into a day. It's more about being open, sociable, friendly and creating those opportunities. And when you do and when you get out of that mindset of, oh, there's no men left or dating apps have ruined everything. Mm. And you actually give yourself a bit of a kick up the butt and think, actually, what could I do to get more of this in my life? Yeah. Then you see that positive result. So definitely in terms of spaces to go to, I would start with things that you love. You know, if you like fitness you're a lady like maybe you can check out some bouldering i've heard climbing walls are pretty good places to meet guys uh, you, if you're a guy social dance or latin dance you can try and think about doing something that is in line with your hobbies so you're going to enjoy it anyway take the pressure off 
and then they be open to chatting to people in real yeah. life because if you go to the gym and you you yourself hate the gym you're gonna find someone that goes to the gym yeah <laughs> i've got good on in the gym back to that just ask someone to move one of the weights off and they always come to help a damsel in distress <laughs> and then you get to know their name and then you break that boundary so you can then just say hi yeah. every time that's a really good one yeah i haven't tried it myself like <laughs> but it's also good because it's also coming in the same space where you create you've suggested a bit of a need and often that word is like oh i hear a lot of pushback from women saying stuff like well i don't need the guy right or yes. i can pay for this or i can lift that weight myself and that's fine. I know that. However, I think as people, it's fine to work collaboratively. It's actually okay to ask for help. It doesn't mean you're not a strong woman or you're incapable. Mm. And actually what it does for him is when he helps you out with something, he feels a sense of achievement and he yeah. actually feels good about himself. So it's the same as when you get a compliment or something. It's actually quite a nice thing for, to also do to someone else. Interesting. <laughs> what do you do if you're... How do you know when to stop chasing someone? You know, some people just... You're in a club with your friends and there's always that one guy that every time you turn around, he's there. They're just... And he doesn't get the hint. Let all your friends move away in a little group and then the guy just follows along. What's your advice to people who just can't read clear signals like that? And what's your advice to people who are stuck in that this guy's chasing me around the room? Because mm-hmm. you don't want to get into confrontation. Right. And I think for any guys that maybe been on the opposite end of this and felt that a woman's given you a very strong negative reaction, Mm. women only usually do this, not always, but usually do this when they feel like they've tried to sort of subtly communicate no. And that subtle communication has been completely overlooked. So that could be things like, you know, she, it could go, it could be following around a club. It could be, she's not replying to your messages. It could be, She's every time you ask her out, she's suddenly busy for three weeks. Mm. It could be that she makes up an excuse that she's got a work project going on. Sometimes it's, I would say to guys, the bare minimum you need is someone who will give you their time and be open to talking to you. And if she's not giving you either of those things, you have to take the hint early on to be more aware. Um, Also, no one owes anyone a date. So, Mm. you know, you might think that you had a nice conversation. You might be really attracted to, well, it's kind of tough because the dating has to be a two-way process and i'd say for guys as well to have some self-esteem and some standards you don't need to chase around think of all the misspent energy you could be chasing a woman who's just ignoring all of your messages all of those dms if you then took that time and you put it into personal development looking after yourself more going out there and meeting new women that's going to pay much better dividends Mm. um so I think that there is a point where also some clear communication is okay. I think it can be very difficult sometimes because you don't want to hurt someone's feelings. But if someone's really not getting the hint, I think it's okay to say, look, I just want to be upfront with you here. It was fun chatting to you that time. I don't really see a romantic connection between us. Yeah. Um, but I hope you have a good week, you know. And if at that point someone continues to push your boundaries, sometimes yeah, it they does do it. They do, <laughs> yeah. do it. And they try and convince. I think that's the time when you actually have to be quite aware and quite conscious because I think one of the really big red flags out there is a boundary pusher. Mm. Um, have any of you? Did either of you watch Dirty John on Netflix? Yes. yes. Oh my god, this is my favorite example of this. Good. If you haven't watched it, watch. Okay, it's a bit 
California style, but the first episode is so good for talking about boundary pushes because yeah. he just has one date with this lady, walks into Comes her apartment into her house, and Abby- gets on her bed <laughs> and you're like, what? Abby-, Abby told me to watch this. She's like, this reminds me of your ex. Um, <laughs> well, that's it. And the thing is, often, if, I hate to say it, but sometimes if we've got some really out there behavior with ex-partners, Usually there's the small giveaway. Yeah, that we don't, don't notice. At the beginning, right? So you always, I think it's so important as well for if you are that like empowered woman and loads of women I work with, you know what? They're running their own businesses. They're smashing their careers. Mm. You cannot afford to have someone who's draining your energy or is non-supportive. Yeah. Or you're arguing with them all night. So you turn up feeling rubbish the next morning, you know, and you don't perform well at your career and your job that takes away from your friends, that is going to drain the life out of you. So be very conscious of people that should respect your time. If you're saying to a guy, look, I really I need to get back because I've got a big work project tomorrow, he should be like, oh, of course. Yeah, let me walk, let me get, make sure you get home okay mm. and message you the next day, how's that project going? You know, you should be looking out for people of that vested interest in the rest of the well-being of your life. If someone yeah. is, it could be as extreme as walking in and jumping on your bed, but it could just be, messaging you absolutely constantly not taking no for an answer wanting to see you three nights in a row and getting annoyed at you if you don't do it you Mm. should just be the alert should be going off it's a bit of red flag factory saying that this one is someone who doesn't respect your boundaries who's considered something you owe them something as part of your relationship and that's not what you need a past part of mine i had every time i was doing something important in my career they would try and get my attention in ways they knew that would like make me feel like they were gonna cheat but wouldn't actually do the deed so I wouldn't ever click but they would make me feel that way so they'd get my attention back from my my work and like Mm. distract me but then kind of pass it off very manipulative would kind of pass it off like oh but I've not done anything wrong which he hadn't but he'd make me feel like that like push the buttons mm-hmm. instead of just being like you need your time yeah so controlling I also think people need to be really um, aware and careful when someone gives a lot to start you know like mm-hmm. in Dirty Johnny it went so so fast and they were suddenly married those yeah. relationships were like a bit like one of the ones that you were in no it's a bit like one of the ones that you were in where like he essentially like kind of just moved in from like it yeah. was from zero to like living in your house unofficially so quickly that it just isn't normal and it's like love does a lot to the brain doesn't it and it yes. makes you a little bit crazy and it makes you unable to see these things well, and it's I like would... going in knowing that already and keeping your guard up for a little bit longer totally i'm a really i know it's like a bit non-romantic but i'm a huge fan of teaching people especially women to pace yes. the dating experience which means like the first month you're seeing them one date a week yeah and then after that you know maybe two dates a week but you trust and a relationship is something that's built up over a period of time you mm. can't just jump into it and create it out of nowhere and whilst it's very you know what it is it's very validating when someone suddenly out of the blue thinks you're the most amazing person ever and wants to see you all the time it's like ah because that's yeah. what we've been taught to sort of expect around romance um however i think this is exactly what happened yeah. to me so i'm i keep talking about my accident but um <laughs> so she wouldn't i know but <laughs> I'd never been treated very well prior to him. And then when he did, he was like flowers, teddy bears. He was doing all the things that everyone told me were the right things about how I should be treated. And I just was blinded by him being such a nice guy that I couldn't see how wrong this whole thing was. Like Mm. he did all those things, like moved in straight away. And then when he had me, he treated me like crap. But I was already invested then. Right. It was too late. 
Like, and the thing is, as much as you want to jump on those like signals of romance as signs of someone's commitment and their love towards you, um, they simply don't know you well enough. So there's a bit of an objectification of you in that yeah. process. He said he loved me after like a month. Sweet. Yeah, so, I would so be like red flag, red flag, red flag. Red flag. Yeah. So, but we've all made that mistake or had a story. I think most people have got a story like that. And it's actually getting away from this movie version of romance and actually thinking, in reality, I have actually only known this person for four weeks. Mm. You know, let's get this in perspective. Let's so you not... don't know them. Yeah, you don't know them. So it's not that they've changed, it's you've got to know them better. Yeah. And you fundamentally, you need time to get to know someone. And I totally agree that if it's, quote unquote, the right person, I think there's many right people yeah. for you. Of course, you could do make every mistake, you know, or mom's mistake. You could choose to sort of like hook up with them on the first date, moving them straight away. And it might be fine. Yeah. However, for the 99.9% of occasions where it might not be a wise choice of partner, I think those relationships can be quite damaging yeah. and then not set you up properly for all the people you're going to date in the future. And anyone who's that sort of considerate, respectful, supportive partner that I think we everyone wants and needs they would take on board the fact, okay, that you want to go slowly with things and they're not going to be at all pissed off about that. And if they are pissed off, then they're wrong. Exactly. So I think it's rather than have romance, it's also good, I think, in those early phases of the relationship. Another bit of what I'd like to teach about is like just setting precedents. So what is okay and what's not okay? Because when we first meet as two people, whether it's a social work or romantic context, we have to work out a little bit about what one another's boundaries are and how we like to be treated. And that's a process. Yeah. So at the start, if you were finding like, you constantly are getting guys, you know, messaging you at 10 p.m. saying, hey, where are you? What's up? Or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you can just archive that chat and get back to them in your own good time, you yeah. know, a day later or a couple of days later. And that they sh- people should get the hint that actually that's not going to fly with you. Mm-hmm. And you should be actually prioritizing. I think sometimes it feels a bit like ultra nice guy when they're like, does that work for you? Would you prefer to do this or this? And you think, oh, I kind of wanted to take the lead and just go for it. But in fact, something I think is about also realigning our expectations and looking to value those qualities where they come across as someone who's more considerate and is more centered on your needs. Yeah, I think everyone probably listening to this and in this room we've all made those mistakes totally. so every, yeah. anyone listening to this thinking oh I'm so silly I fell for it like we've all done it, it don't Completely. worry <laughs> I mean I'm not saying like sanctimonious or holier than now I actually probably had like the worst dating life I for watched a long time. your TED yeah. talks about your I, I really like enjoyed your TED talks so it was nice yeah, everyone listen about, to that because it is actually what was, brilliant have you just done the one or is uh, I did another one actually but it was ages ago and never got published so I've just done one TED talk it's called Searching for Love to Escape Us and what was funny yeah. is I had a different my backstory that I actually had a different TED talk planned because you know they make you submit that three or four months of full script in advance and I just had this really crazy really bad um, life period where I had a really horrible sort of abusive manipulative nasty relationship with my ex that I just extradited myself from in the worst way possible and on off the back of that I felt you know, I can't really just give a cliche talk here about dating love. I need to say something that actually resonates with me more. So on the plane over to Nevada where I gave the talk, I did the cardinal sin of changing my script like 48 hours before I went on stage. Yeah. And as I started to speak, at first I was very wobbly, very nervous. Didn't seem you like seemed it. You so... Yeah, spot on confident. Oh man, I didn't. Was, I was literally blanked. It was one of the ones where I, li- I remember walking on and then walking off oh. the stage. And I could see the professor who brought me over there like his eyes widening on the front row, realizing I wasn't doing the talk that I'd submitted. Um, But 
it was funny because it was a slow burner. Initially, it didn't really get that much views. It didn't have mm. like a snappy oh, title. I liked the first story. It was yeah. great. It caught me straight away because I think a lot of women would relate to it. If you want to give a little bit of a synopsis now of what it was like kind of about. Yeah, so basically it was about um, thinking that I was madly in love with someone. Mm. And then when reality struck, where basically I just found I was pregnant, he left. It was absolute chaos. I decided to keep the baby. Then I had a miscarriage. So it was a really, um, just a really horrible time in my life. But I often look back on it and think, you know, that I would have clung on to that relationship regardless of how bad it was getting. And it took something as that fundamental to break something that was very toxic and very bad apart. Mm. And it acted like a hardcore reset button where I realized how I'd been going about dating and romance was so wrong, so detached from who I am as a person, so actually not me, and that I needed to really do an epic life sort out. And it was so, so hard. I had to learn how to be by myself, like some date for ages. Mm. I had to get really healthy again. I was really depressed. I actually had post-traumatic stress disorder, which took me literally 18 months, two years probably to work through. Then I had to start to try and learn how to date again in a way that was a bit healthier. The line that stuck with me was when you said that you were you kept making excuses up because you loved him. Like you kept yeah, making excuses for him because you that. loved him, like you didn't see it. Yeah. I think a lot of women, or men as well, men as well yeah. would do that. Yeah, and I think it's, I knew, you know, you look back and then you go, if I, for instance, if I was asked the question, what, I'd get, what advice would I give to my like 18 year old self? I would definitely be like, dump them sooner. You know, I think that is it. I felt that, but the thing is, I felt the onus was always on me to make the relationship work. And you know what it's like when you're in those toxic relationships, you suddenly think it's all your fault. In fact, and then you kind of get in this scarcity mindset where you think, oh, there's nobody else out there. Or if I have to find someone new now, especially I think, with women as yeah. we age we get so much social pressure around oh you know yeah, being le- it's left soci- on the shelf it's society telling us that we all need to settle down mm, and I know. we can be happy alone it's just it's like the same society that tells us we need to go get an education we need to do this mm. we need to what if we can be happy alone we it's like it's never even possible like no one thinks that's possible right and it's also feeling like you know that that you should be in a relationship so yeah. i think actually that we need to put in like in a happy loving secure healthy relationship is oh, where we yeah. want to be yeah actually being by yourself such a good point of self-discovery such a point of freedom you can do so much your self-knowledge i think can go up stacks if you really look after your self-esteem so what i like to do is even with my like coaching I don't make it about, oh, this is how you get a boyfriend or a husband. It's actually, yeah. this that's make you feel happier in your day-to-day life. If you decide to be with someone as part of that process, great. If not, also great. Mm-hmm. And I find, especially with women, a lot of what holds them back, it isn't actually newsflash that men run out or the men have run out or get this also, if whether you're you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, whatever, there are still plenty of men to date. You know, it is actually a myth that as a woman, you know, once you're past like 25 or something, that's it. Yeah. Um, so you've got to get out of that scarcity mindset. And lots of the women would come to me and say things like, oh, I'm just sure that a guy would want a slimmer girl to be yeah. with. Or I think a, woman, a guy would like to be with someone who's younger than mm. I am. And we have to recognise that it's Some all... men like the older women, the older curvy women. Do you know what my boyfriend said to me yesterday? Yeah. <laughs> he said... I would rather date someone who is 40 than 23. And he's 29. He was like, I, I think would, a lot of He said, I would rather date someone 40 than like younger than himself. I, I just think, think you know, if you've got, if you've got, if you know how to talk to people, you can put yourself out there, be proactive, be positive. You've got vibe and you've got the rest of your career or your mm. life kind of in order. 
There is never, there is a, literally a lot of people that you can date. So I just love to remove that as a worry and also get women to realise that, you know, maybe that story that you've got in your head that, you know, you haven't got the right body shape, you're not the right age or whatever, maybe that actually isn't your story. Maybe that's a load of junk that the rest of the outside world has told you that you've now taken mm-hmm. on board. And in fact, you need to take ownership of who you are and start to feel really proud and really good about it. Um, so I think for women, it's a lot about letting go of that bad messaging around dating yeah. and learning to be proactive and also to not see it as a chore and to enjoy the process mm-hmm. again. One of the biggest learn- things I've learned from relationships and stuff, I think in my early 20s, I would, if I got heartbroken, I would just fix it by slapping on a band-aid and going out with another guy. Mm. And then that would, they are always my longest relationships, the band-aid. <laughs> and so <laughs> it's really bizarre. So this, my last relationship was really long it was three years and afterwards I was like this I was hurting so much just because it was a bit of a horrific ordeal but um afterwards I was like do you know what I'm not gonna go go on another date as I'm gonna make myself happy on my own before I rely on someone else for my own happiness and that was the best thing that I have ever done because now I'm at a stage I said this in my YouTube video yesterday like I am happy with my life. If a guy comes along, that's great. But I'm, I haven't got that pressure on myself to mm. go out and find them all the time. And I think when you put that pressure on yourself, that's when it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think it's also that initiating mindset that you get into around dating. So if you're like, basically, you've had a bad week, you know, you've had a letdown over the weekend. Some guy you like has gone off the radar or shown he's not a great person. You're sat in your pajamas on a Sunday and you're like oh better get back on the dating apps then mm. then I think in that mindset the experiences that you attract towards you are never going to be that great I what's think, your thoughts on dating apps I think well here's what I'd say a couple of things about dating apps There's, dating apps get a lot of flack yeah they didn't used to but they do now they're like oh you know that's ruined it for everyone I think if anything dating apps reflect a bit of human behavior mm. I think we also have to take responsibility for our own ability to choose so rather than being on an app and pe- putting in caps in your bio, no hookups with a little like cross-armed emoji or something <laughs> like that, you know, that's just going to come across a little bit negative. So instead, you know, you have to actually get this, still have some, you know, personal responsibility to sort and filter through the people that come your way. Mm. It is another channel to meet people that you have to be careful about how you utilize. So again, of course, there's like safety issues. I know lots of apps are trying to make their sort of process with that better like match has verification for users who are rated very uh, relationship worthy they're Uh, also part of something called the online dating association um and what that does is basically creates ethical practices for dating apps like some apps out there which i shall not name have been known to use like robo profiles so they might have disproportionately more men or women so they create some robot profiles to sort of yeah fake profiles Mm. to lure people in lots of luring here and um you want to look out for apps that are reputable you know that are part of that um governing body so you know they're not doing any scammy practices yeah and i think you know what i'm not a huge fan of niche there's a lot of niche dating apps out there i think what you want is you want an app that has a big user base because it's actually a lot of the time i get the question oh you know where's the app where all the good guys are and i'm thinking well doesn't really make sense as a question you know there's going to be good and bad everywhere as there is in all areas of life and you actually have to again have that common sense way of filtering through them so obvious things like is someone pushing really hard to get 
a date with you? Are they messaging you incessantly? Have they become rude or sexual before you have even met them? Oh, that's a big no-no for me. Of course. If I've just met a guy, you do not get all sexy with me before you've like... I know. And a lot of the time, I'm going to say on behalf of the guys, sometimes it's obviously just bad. And sometimes (laughs) it is guys that have basically been told that, you know, I just see you as a friend too many or what they feel like is a lot of times so they're trying oh. to sort of overcompensating oh, and just yeah, going about it not being the friend yeah zone and just go going about it them. in a misguided way i have a question so me and abby were playing around the other day and she chose me i'm i don't do dating apps but we would just hypothetically be like what pictures would you use if right. we were gonna date but so yeah. it was quite funny how our pictures were completely different and i was like why she was like all the sexy ones but- she was like putting them out there and i was like all the friendly ones like, let's make you look like a really friendly nice approachable lady i had one with drew barrymore in there because i like, if i'm mates with drew surely get me a date <laughs> you don't want someone to date you because you know drew barrymore though do you but it's quite interesting the, the look that you want to put out there and actually the the look that was probably more approachable right i think for online dating photos a big thing as well has been since instagram i think our just our expectations of good photo have just gone up like mm. astronomically it's like a whole new art form catfishing Don't yeah look like i think i think for people and actually to be fair i think women's profiles are usually better than guys profiles i've seen some real clangers from guys <laughs> where They've had like red eye, there's been an ironing board in the background, you know, just one photo. But they're probably photo. more realistic to the actual person. Yeah, but sometimes they make them like, I've, you know, I mean, I was just speaking to my partner about this. Said, well, I think if I did it, I'd probably put on some bad photos, you know, just to make it realistic. And I you're think, like, mm. I think a really, <laughs> a really good tip is to get your friend to do the, yeah. the choosing. Yeah. choosing. And I'll just say, you know, photos that are taken in natural daylight are quite bright or pop out high resolution images if they're all grainy and old mm. they're dark they're in a nightclub you're in a massive group of friends no one yeah, can see who you are if, if there's a profile as well if he's got side profile I'm always like he's not hot because he's just <laughs> hiding in space like what's on the other side yeah and you have to show your you know the thing is it's got you've got to take those sunglasses and that hat off and you actually need to have photos where at least one there's a clear visible shot of your face and one of your body and the thing is People are attracted to all sorts of different looks. Mm. So I think if you can look relatively fashionable, relatively healthy, and like you're doing cool stuff with your life and you have good quality photos, I would value that over trying to hide and conceal what you're actually about, which I think A, creates distrust, and B, can lead to like just a bad vibe or disappointment when you actually meet in real Mm. life. I've got one last question before we round things up. So a lot of girls answered my story this morning about how do they go about getting over someone or like someone that they just can't like rinse their soul off. Oh my God, I love... (laughs) Rinsing the soul. I love this question. I love it because I think it's so... And I also think if you've got that or a situationship or just someone who you're kind of hung up on. I, I don't know why, but I do think it actively prevents you meeting someone new. And sometimes it, you can want to let it go so badly, but be unable to do so. And I've, def- I've actually had this situation myself. First of all, on the practical side of things, uh, let's go for a clean break. And by that, I mean, let us not check what time they were on WhatsApp. Don't creep on their social media. None of that checking behavior or getting your friend to watch their stories and screenshot all that stuff. Okay, like, okay, kind of maybe a bit funny, a bit justifiable straight after a breakup, but it only keeps you more attached to the past. You make up a storyline about what they're up to that's probably not accurate. Second part of a clean break is you look after yourself. Like, just like you said, no jumping on a date with somebody else because you're just going to compare and it's not going to feel good to you. No going out super heavy. You know, if you're partying a lot and you feel rubbish in yourself, 
obviously you're going to f- be feeling things much more intensely and much more badly so we've got to go for some serious self-care um thirdly if it's been quite a while and you're still thinking about that person i know this is like a really tough thing to say but if you haven't had active contact with them then you don't actually know who they are or what they're up to at this moment what you are clinging on to isn't actually them or your relationship to them it's this idea you have of them in your head Mm. and it's actually sometimes the fantasy of someone the idea of oh what if we could get back together what would that mean that can sometimes take you away from things like there's usually an underlying thing like do you need to change a job you want happy in your flat share you know are you struggling to be find time by be with your aloneness there'll be usually some underlying issue that this is a huge like mirage or red herring or distraction from so i would say the best thing you can do is first of all acknowledge it's actually not about them this is something that's going on for me mm. and they the fantasy of thinking i'm in love with them that's allowing me to keep going with something or to not pay attention to something else that's going on in my life so i then do a deep dive and look at completely other areas of your life and what actually really needs to get fixed because when you grow and when you change as a person you are simply unable to be that version of yourself that was in love with that guy good well put <laughs> thank you so much for coming yeah thank you it's been very enlightening yeah, it's been I mean, really cool very girl power I, I, I think it will help a lot of girls out that are struggling and hopefully men as well yeah, I think it, it trans boys works both ways doesn't it <laughs> yeah. I think most people want the same things yeah. and most people sometimes people screw it up by accident but a lot of the time people have good intentions mm. and I think actually again believing in the goodness of people trusting in the process and being open minded I know it can be hard if you've had a you know a bad couple of relationships but that's the space you have to get back to to set yourself up for the future and i think forgiveness is key as well in that sense like if you've been through something rough we all have just forgive and get over it yeah let it go let it go so you do coaching and workshops and things and people can get hold of you by going on your website right? totally yeah so if you're a lady out there if you go to www.hayleyquinn.com which is h-a-y-l-e-y-q-u-i-n-n.com forward slash real love r-e-a-l-l-o-v-e I've actually got a free um, cheat sheet on there about how to meet men on and offline. So if you feel like taking a bit more action into your own hands, that would be the right place to go. And I am also on the Instagram and trying to use it more at Hayley Quinn X. If you've enjoyed listening to us, please don't forget to give us a glowing five-star review and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Also, we are looking for more guests. So if you yourself are listening to this and you have something to say or want to talk about, do feel free to give us an email at thegrownuppodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media at grownup underscore official. Thanks guys. Bye. Bye.